What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Um, healthy, alive. Yeah. Sunny day. Yeah. It's a good day. All right. Let's start with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She had pancreatic cancer, but now she says that she's being treated for liver cancer, but remains able to work at full steam. How's that even possible? She's 87 years old, right? She began a course of chemotherapy in May. Well, I thought she had pancreatic cancer. I, I, I swear she um, had pancreatic cancer. She she may have. Uh, the thing is, is it's a resurgence. This is a, oh, I got you. a second. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it's... Uh, look, I don't like her politics, right? I don't like where she stands right. on all that. Right. But when it comes to this kind of thing, and I hope for a speedy recovery in this, I don't want to see even even people that I politically disagree with, I want them to be healthy and well. I want, you know, we've kind of talked about medical science and some of the technologies that we're getting. I hope we do get to the point to where we can solve these problems because I don't wish this on anybody. I don't even, you know, political enemies or not, I don't want you guys being sick. I don't want that, you know... It, no, it's you're still human beings and you're still Americans. You know, it's still well, I mean, it's just human beings in general. I don't wish ill on anybody. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. But she's saying that she won't retire. She, I mean, just out of I mean, you you know, if this I'm not going to play party politics here, but you know, if this was a Republican justice, oh, they'd been gone. <laughs> they'd have been gone. Why is it that she is refusing to step down? I mean, there's a there's a health concern here. So why would you continue to to, to work through this? I mean, and I'm not advocating for let's get another Supreme Court justice here. I mean, I would like to see that, but, you know, because I don't agree with her politics uh, and I, I'm not very happy with what the Supreme Court's been doing recently, but that's a side issue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this instance with her, I mean, she it's political, uh, it's, it's political isn't it? That, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's she's holding out and she's holding out, hoping Biden will win or whoever the Democrats right. select. And then they can put someone in a place that's uh, a carbon copy of her. Someone that's solid, Bruce. Someone that's solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at the same time, I don't want her to step down and I don't want her to step down because I don't want to see another Kavanaugh or another Gorsuch. And I'm not talking about. Right the justices themselves. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about what was going on with them through the process of being approved. I don't yeah. want to see that. Yeah. I don't want to see someone's family subjected to that again. That's terrible. I mean, those those poor kids, can you imagine what they have to deal with because of right. what was done? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't want to see that again. So that side of me says, yes, don't resign. But another side of me says, well, you're going through all these medical treatments. You're going through enormous amounts of stress through that process. Your future is uncertain. How is the uh, the treatment that you're receiving, like the chemotherapy and, and whatnot, how is that possibly affecting or not affecting your judgment calls? That That's my concern of the other side of me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much chemo really affects their cognitive abilities, but I do know it, you know, physically they, they feel weaker and whatnot, tired, so forth. So I, I guess that feeling alone could, could hinder mm-hmm. it, but yeah, 
I, I agree with concern nonetheless. Yeah. We were talking about her, what was it, last week? And I said she should never have been confirmed to be on the Supreme Court in the first place just because of her previous job title. She was the chief litigator for the ACLU. Clinton never should have yeah. picked her to be on the Supreme Court to begin with. Never. Yeah. Wait, wait. You mean you mean Clinton was a, a leftist, a progressive as well? What? Uh, you know what? You can say what you want about Bill Clinton, and I, I don't like his politics, never have. But you can say what you want about Bill Clinton, but at the same time, you can't really deny what I'm about to say. He didn't wake up every day and trash the Constitution, did he? True. He just couldn't keep his gym in his pants. It, yes. So there, there was that. But it, to Clinton's credit... To Bill Clinton's credit, he didn't wake up every day and trash the Constitution of the U.S. I will give him that. I will give him that. So I didn't agree. Like I said, I didn't agree with the way that he governed. I didn't really care for that. I didn't agree with the North Korea deal that he made. I, I didn't agree with that. The nuclear deal with North Korea didn't agree with that mm -hmm. because now you see the result of that. So I didn't agree yeah. with that. The Lewinsky scandal, you know, I was younger when that happened, but uh, but it was there uh, and it was a political yeah. football. But yeah, the, the thing is, uh, it's a completely different time back then, too. But Honestly, I really don't care. You know, I don't uh, if I don't either. That that's a that's a situation of like that should have stayed in the family, if you will. You know, I mean, if if Hillary's cool with it and it's okay, and, and the the woman that was involved, uh, and I'm I'm not specifically referring to Monica, but if they were okay, it was consensual. What's the problem? You know, I mean, this is 2020 now, right? We're we're supposed to be okay with this. So uh, back then, though, it was it was a much different time. Which is crazy to say. That was only what? It wasn't 20, that long years ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Jeez. No. So it, it, it's crazy how far we've been Overton windowed, you know, how far everything shifted and it just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. All right. Bubba Wallace, NASCAR, right? Another incident with him now? Yeah. So he's kind of getting a little bit of, uh, you know, flashback from his uh, garage door pull down noose uh, scenario situation that happened here recently. He was booed when he went to qualify. And then I believe he crashed on the 17th lap and the, the crowd cheered. Now, to be honest, it's a despicable thing that he did. Now, he's not the one that found this and ran with the narrative. He's the one that seen the opportunity and jumped on board with the opportunity, right? So he's an opportunist. But cheering for his crash, which could have potentially killed someone, right? Or himself. Uh, no, that or himself. Yeah, I don't condone that. That's not. No, you, you, you disagree with the guy and you, you hate what he did. But at the same time, it's the action that you hate, not the person, right? It, it, that, right. That's uh, so, yeah, I really disappointed that that happened. And the articles that I've read that's talking about this is saying that the people were not being racist in this scenario, which is a big surprise. I was really expecting them to say these were all racist and they were just, you know, white nationalist, whatever, supremists or, you know, yeah. You know, I always kind of looked at these people that watch NASCAR and they, they're like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so wrecked or so-and-so did this. Honestly, I, I never really got into that. I, I wasn't part of that crowd that when I would watch an auto race or something, you don't want to see a driver get hurt. You don't want to see a player right. get hurt. You're watching professional sports of any kind. You don't want to see that. I mean, even if it's a person on another team that, you know, opposing team, if you're if you're a sports fan of a particular organization, you don't want to see somebody get hurt. This is why when you see somebody, usually like I'm talking like a baseball game or a professional football game or something, when someone's down, when a player is down, then the whole crowd usually changes. Right. Everybody in the crowd yeah. changes. If, and especially yeah. if it's a serious thing. How many times have you, been, have you seen something in professional football or professional baseball when a player gets hit in the head with a ball? 
or if someone mm-hmm. gets rocked by uh, a you know a, a hit on the field of an American football game, you hear the crowd say, "Oh, almost in a chorus." Right. You hear the crowd see that they hear it. So the crowd knows. So the atmosphere changes in the stands. And what happens when the trainers run out to the field and they tend to that player or that athlete and they take care of them as best they can and they get them up on their feet and they get taken off the field or even if they're taken off on, say, like a, a golf cart or on a stretcher or something. What happens? The crowd cheers because they're happy that that person was okay. Yeah. So, yes, I'm with you on this one. When you cheer because someone crashes out like that, even though they've got really safe cars now, everything in the, those race cars yeah. are designed to protect the driver. There's no call for that. So I got to I got to take your stance on that one. I got to agree with you on that because you don't want to see somebody get hurt. You always want to see those people, no matter who they are uh, and whatever their stances are on something, you always want to make sure that they are OK. Instead of cheering when he crashed, they should have cheered that he was OK from the crash. Right. Rather than the fact that he did crash, which is actually uh, now that we mentioned that it's possible that that did happen and they're just twisting the narrative. It wouldn't surprise me. I haven't seen the video on the crash when the crowd cheered because he could have climbed out of the vehicle and they cheered. Right. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to watch the I'd have to find the video and watch it. So, yeah. So China, China wants to go to Mars now. Huh? Really? Now, the U.S. wants to go to Mars. Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. Now the Chinese want to go to Mars. What's prompting them to make the decision now? They're moving a rocket into place for an upcoming Mars mission. So what are they going to send up there? Supposedly, they've already got stuff on the moon. So what does China want to send to Mars? Do they want to send an actual team? Or are they looking to just send like rovers and robotics and things like that? As far as I know, so for example, the uh, the bit on the moon is on the dark side of the moon. So we don't really know... Uh, we as in the public don't really know what what's going on there. The government probably know uh, what's going on there. Uh, but the picture they show for this article and they're, they're, they're showing this, I don't know, gantry or whatever for the launch. I, I'm assuming that's what it's for. Actually, we use similar things back in the day. The constructed are very similar and had a suspended um, a device in the middle. Do you remember what those were for? Nuclear tests. Uh huh. Kind of just kind of seems odd that a, a very similar construction, and they're saying this is a rocket launch. But yeah, you know what they're sending there. Let's see, we're it says sending they're looking one. to they're looking to send a rover to gather scientific data. Hmm. Here's the thing, right? We we've talked about advancing the human race and everything, and that being a good thing. When it when it comes to the CCP trying to to quote unquote advance, I'm skeptical. <laughs> I'm very skeptical because they don't seem to want to advance anything except their own profit margin. That's about all they want to do. Yeah. Or their own people and their own country. Yeah. Uh, so it's concerning to me, whatever they're doing, uh, whenever they say they're going to do a big project like this, because, I, I, you know, again, I don't know what their real motive is. Yeah. Well, they would be ahead to take on this other mission that we were talking about yesterday, just briefly, because we didn't have the whole backstory on it. But now we do. And that is NASA. They're starting to build a spacecraft which will explore a metal rich asteroid that's worth more than 10,000 quadrillion dollars. 10,000 quadrillion dollars, if you can imagine how much money that is. NASA will launch the spacecraft to an asteroid called Psyche by August of 2022. The asteroid is unusual as it is believed to be the core of a long dead early planet, which is quite interesting, huh? Yeah, it's, that's a that CGI, right? That's a CGI. 
Yeah, all the all the pictures we have right now are CGI. Yeah. Okay. It says here that there are so many metals on this rock, it could make every human a billionaire. Which you know we wouldn't be. But it says that NASA has finished designing and started building the probe that will fly to the metal-rich asteroid Psyche, launching on a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket in August of 2022. The Falcon Heavy rocket. That's is that the new one that's going to carry this starship of his? Is that the new one or is this still no? The, that's uh, Dragon. That's the Falcon Nine. Dragon Crew. Yeah, they they okay. Dragon Crew were put up on a Falcon Nine, uh, and I believe the Heavy is obviously it's the cargo variant i believe uh, okay i got you i'll catch it uh psyche as well as being rich in metals it is an important subject for planetary scientists as it is thought to be the heart of an early planet that lost its outer layers interesting how big is this thing never mind here it is the metallic rock is about 140 miles wide and plans for the 117 million dollar mission have finally reached a point where the design of the spacecraft has been signed off Passing the design review stage means work can now begin on constructing the probe, including high gear manufacturing of the spacecraft's hardware. So they're just sending something up there to explore. This isn't going to do like any kind of drilling or anything like that, right? Right. Well, it it could do. So one of the asteroid missions we've done in the past actually did do a little bit of, uh, no, it wasn't an asteroid, it was a comet. They did actually do a little bit of gathering of of particles and whatnot. And I believe they didn't really drill, per se. The final act of the satellite we sent up there, they actually smashed it into the, the comet to see what it was made of. Interesting. Yeah, very, very crude. But that, that's how they did it. So it's possible they may have something on there that could drill, uh, like maybe a small rover or something or small, I, I don't know. Um, but it, it's it, it's interesting to note that these rich metals like this that they're talking these metals typically especially when you when you get into like gold and platinum and and the the denser metals it's theorized that those are actually produced in a star supernova you know about that time period that's when it happens so it's it's pretty rare for uh those metals to exist so to have a large chunk of uh these heavy metals like this um, or rich metals. Yeah, you know, that's uh, quite a quite a big deal. It, like they were saying, planet core could be a planet core. Makes sense, you know? Yeah. It says here that there will be no mining of the space rock. In fact, NASA won't even be landing on the surface. Okay, I thought they were going to do that. Apparently not. Okay. It's purely okay. scientific and no samples will be returned to Earth because it takes six years to get there, I think, or four years to get there. I'm sorry. So yeah, that makes sense. It says here that as well. you're right, right. It says here that uh, if this were returned to Earth, it would cause the value of precious metals to plummet. Yeah, because of market saturation, completely yeah. devaluing all holdings, including those of governments. OK, I'm all for it. Right. Let's do it. I would I would like to be able to. I was just joking. Yeah, I wasn't serious. Well, I, I mean, actually, because I, do you know what would happen if that were the case? The economies would collapse all over. There would be an entire economical collapse because currency would have no value. We value those things because we assign a value to them. So if we oversaturate the stuff that we consider to be the most valuable that we base our monetary systems on and we're overloaded with that, well, then it becomes worthless, right? True. But at the same time, if we bring it back for producing large craft or whatnot, because see, uh, for example, gold, gold is a great electrical conductor. Yes, it is. So if we were if we had a large supply of gold and, and use that to make like, you know, computer chips and that sort of thing, and we're able to refine it uh, to very pure forms, you know, I mean, it could be a boon for 
space travel and, you know, spacefaring stuff. So in one sense, I'm not against it, but I understand that it would be devastating to the economy. But by the time we were able to get the technology to bring it back, I'm kind of like, would our economies be completely different by then? You know, I mean, would things, would we have the ability to replicate things? You know, would we be able to reassemble atom structures, you know, things at the atomic level? Would we have, you know, fusion power by then. I mean, you know, this, so it's definitely, there's a lot there to the, to all that. Cause it's going to take a lot of work to get an asteroid back to, and especially of that size and weight mass uh, back to earth. Well, you know how you do it, Bruce? You just do, right? You, you just, just do. do. You just do, right? That's <laughs> yeah, it's as simple you, as that. Yeah. What is the timeline and what are the key events? Okay. So the key events, right? We have a launch coming up in 2022. Okay. So we're about uh, 18 months away from that. We have a solar electric cruise of three and a half years. So they're looking at an arrival time of three and a half to four years, give or take. Arrival at the Psyche, 2026. Observation period, 21 months in orbit of mapping and studying uh, the properties of the asteroid. So the timeline, right? 2022 will be the launch from Kennedy Space Center in Florida. 2023, Mars flyby, right? So they're looking to pass Mars within the first year. And then 2026, the Psyche spacecraft arrives in the asteroid's orbit. And from 2026 to 2027, you will have the spacecraft orbiting the asteroid itself. So, okay. Something to look forward to, right? Give us something to talk about for the next four years, right? Yeah. Well, and we'll we'll have uh, when it does that flyby on Mars, we'll be able to have some some more recent. They'll test the uh, sensors and whatnot on the uh, on the craft, and they'll uh, they'll take more photographs and whatnot, more data from Mars as it flies by. That, that's typically what they do in in these kind of flybys. Uh, social distancing tracking for Navy. Do we want to cover that one? I suppose. I, I honestly, I don't. Okay. The the only reason I think they're doing that is because they can order them to do it and they can't refuse. We right. talked about those. They're using those uh, smartwatches or wristbands or whatever. The only thing is, and Marty made this point about it, they're only as good as when you get them, but it could become irrelevant the moment you walk out of that room and you cross paths with someone else. Th- this is why this this whole virus thing is a is a it's a con game on its face because they're going to use it however they want. That's what's so ingenious about it, especially with the coronavirus. It's the most common thing. So they can turn this on and off and use it as different aspects of control however they want. And this is just another attitude of that. Yes. Yeah. So basically what this this is this is their uh, the the forward what they're putting out to the public. This is what they're doing. The, the tracking, the, the reason they want to do this is to calculate the total time and at what distance the individual wearing the device operates in close contact. They're, you know, it's all basically just data collection is what they're saying it's going to be. Honestly, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, other things as well. What happens if somebody, you know, nefarious was to hack into this, like a, you know, one of our enemy countries or whatnot, and are able to see the whereabouts of our sailors? What kind of defense mechanisms do they have there? Or is this going to be a strictly like Bluetooth-esque system that has a localized scanner that, you know, so it's not like sending out a signal on a, like a, you know, 4G network or something, you know, yeah. that that's a, a concern I would have. They have these COVID tracking apps already. I don't know if you, you have an Android phone. Have you been in the Play Store recently? I haven't been in the uh, Play Store, no. Okay. Well, I get ads in there all the time for like 
Yeah, I get ads in there all the time now for like COVID tracking apps and distancing mm-hmm. the apps and all that stuff. I mean, come on. Look, the only way that's going to work is if you force everyone to have that and then you have to force everyone to have a phone. And then you have to force everyone to take a data plan for that phone. And you have to force everyone to carry them at all times. That's the only way that's going to work. I'm not putting any stinking app on my phone. You can forget it. It's not happening. And you know what? If it gets to the point, if it gets to the point where you're you're embedding that stuff in the phone software, which you're already doing, then I will leave my phone wherever. Well, I don't know. Where did I leave that phone? You know what? I dropped it in the lake when I was out on that canoe trip. I, I, yeah. I dropped my phone <laughs> and it's just uh, I, yeah. it's it's uh, just yeah. the, the damnedest thing. You know, I was out on that yeah. that canoe and uh, yeah. it, it just it fell over the side. And I just, you know, I haven't seen it since. Unbelievable. Right. All right. I, I just I pulled up the Play Store real quick and, and looking at the apps. Uh, uh, there's only four. So I, I searched COVID-19 tracker uh, tracker. Uh-huh. Right? There's only four apps available. CDC, FEMA. And then a couple at one out of state of Rhode Island and then uh, another one, some company. They all have uh, very poor reviews, by the way, and few downloads. But anyway, they're so trustworthy. Those organizations yeah, you mentioned, well, they're so yeah. trustworthy. Those are the people right, we need right, to be right. paying attention to. Did you hear Fauci when he was asked who should people be trusting? And he says, well, I've have a good track record. You can trust me. <laughs> yeah, he's he's saying, well, medical professionals, you know, right. you that have a good track record. And, and I hope I'm one of those. You know, I, I think yeah. I am. And it's like, yes, of course you are. Yeah, Tony, Tony, you've been wrong about everything. OK, thanks. Thanks yeah, for the point. Yeah. All right. We got to jump out of here this morning. So thanks for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.